Hey, Connect family, PD here. Uh, welcome to church today, church online, wherever you are, uh, visiting us maybe from far away around the world, somewhere in the United States or, or right around where we are in the Metro West Boston area. So thankful that you could be with us today. To all the church family out there, a shout out to y'all. Love y'all, miss y'all. Hope you are doing good. Listen, we are in the final installment of a series that we started a couple of weeks ago called Legacy. Now this is an annual series for us. Uh, we've been doing this for a very, very long time. And so we're gonna finish that series today. But I want to bring to those of you who call Connect Your Home, some like important announcements. I wanted you to hear from me. You probably get a little bit of it in Connect News. Could Some of it could be a little repetitive, but I wanna make sure some things pop and are emphasized for you. First of all, we're going into the Christmas season. I can't even believe it. I feel like we gotta start saying Merry Christmas right now. So I'm just gonna do that. Thanksgiving's over. Hey, Merry Christmas, everybody. And today is what we call Legacy Sunday. We're gonna be um, bringing a sacrificial offering at the end of service today. And so I just wanna encourage you to prepare your heart for that. Um, but I wanna let you know that um, on December 12th, that's a week from uh, today, we start a new series, and that will be our Christmas series entitled Christmas is Forgiving. Forgiving, kind of a little play on words. Yes, it's for actually giving. It's better to give than to receive. But it's also, we're talking about that relational dynamic of forgiveness. Truth be told, a lot of the problems that we experience during the holidays are not necessarily more in quantity, but they're felt more during this season. And so I felt led by God to talk to us about the subject of forgiveness. You don't want to miss that. That'll be a three-part series, and it'll start next week. It'll actually end on Christmas Day, okay, on Christmas Day. Um, and so encourage you guys, excuse me, the day after Christmas it'll end. I messed that up. Now, December 23rd and 24th, Christmas Eve Eve and Christmas Eve, we will have service online, and we will also have four in-person services at two different locations. Some of y'all, this could be a great time for you to come back and visit church in person. Uh, reason being is you don't want to miss uh, what we have in store. We have, I use the word experiences, but it, it's going to be a Christmas worship experience, perhaps like nothing we've ever had at Connect. Uh, Stacy and I have a friend from college, Oral Roberts University, back in the day, everybody. Uh, but she went on to become a a very accomplished singer and uh, songwriter, and her name is Jana Long. She sang, uh, does sing for Avalon. Some of you know kind of the Dove Award-winning Christian uh, group named Avalon. She's the lead singer for Avalon. She and her husband, Greg, who is also an accomplished um, songwriter and singer, will be with us in person on both uh, both locations, both days for four live services. You don't want to miss that. It's going to be incredible. You got to register online and registration is open now. December 26th, again, that's the uh, day after Christmas. We'll be having no live service. So it'll be just like this. Everybody be doing what you're doing. Everybody be church at home. That'll be the final installment of our Christmas is Forgiving series. But what I'm really, really excited about I know it seems a little premature, but I already have vision for next year. This has been a year like no other, but I've got vision for next year. And I'll put it like this quickly. Our, our focus as a church that is multiplying to a third location in somewhere around March um, is unity. 
unity. God will be speaking uh, through me and through our communicators to you about the importance and power of unity. Our focus is unity. Our fuel will be prayer. In order for that to be a reality, we have to be a stronger praying church. And so there's some big changes, strategic changes, emphasis on the subject of prayer taking place in 2022, kicking off with the New Year's series. We'll have one opening message, a singular standalone, and then right after that, we'll start a new series called Teach Me to Pray. A lot of people don't know how to pray. We'll do four weeks uh, talking about that in our online services as well as our in-person services. Um, normally during this season, we go into a season of 21 days of prayer. This year, we're going to spread that out, okay? And so we'll do seven-day fasts for three, for three weeks over three different months. So instead of a 21-day fast, we'll have a seven-day fast in January, a seven-day fast in February, and a seven-day fast in March. That'll take place on the second week of every month, culminating in an all-church prayer meeting on Saturday mornings at uh, 9 a.m. in the auditorium, main auditorium at our broadcast location in Ashland. So you don't want to miss that. In addition, if I haven't said enough about prayer, on January 8th, we will be having a prayer event, an equipping and impartation service, or, or excuse me, like it'd be more like a seminar or retreat type atmosphere where my very close friend, dear brother in the faith, Zenzo Matoga and Impact Worship, Impact Worship is writing songs that are going around the world, will be here on Saturday to equip us to pray like we're from another country. I've been saying this a lot lately. There's just another level of prayer that God wants to introduce our Connect family to. You don't want to miss that. It's coming up on January 8th. Uh, this is going to be an amazing, amazing day. We're going to emphasize that leaders be there. Very, very important that you're there. Now, as a transition to our legacy series, getting out of announcements, um, let's go back just for a second. In week one, I kind of introduced this concept of of motivation, that God has given us a motivation to give, that Jesus became poor so we could become rich. What a powerful uh, exchange that transpired. Jesus divested himself of all his divine privileges as if he took off all his, his rings and his robes and he became poor. Why? So we could become rich in him. When we understand that revelation, when we get and grasp that, we, uh, we don't just have to give, we want to give. Now, we learned that, there, that there, is a, there is a lifestyle to giving, and there are certain uh, levels of giving as well. We learned really three levels of giving. First of all is priority giving, that God must be first. He cannot be second. Uh, this is called kind of the law of preeminence. God can't receive anything unless he's first. Two, we learned about percentage giving, that it's kind of um, a way to equalize our giving, that everybody uh, might have a different portion or a different uh, amount of resources, but we can all have equal sacrifice and equal rewards when we give by percentage, and God has a standard for that. And number three, we talked about progressive giving. We learned that, yes, we, we all know we're supposed to grow in faith, we're supposed to grow in love, but God also called us in His Word in 2 Corinthians chapter 8 to grow or to excel in the grace of giving. And then, if that wasn't good enough, that's week one. If you missed it, go back. In week two, Pastor Devin, my, my son, my offspring, my chip off the old block, crushed it. Come on, somebody. When he talked about the tithe, 
the tithe. In fact, I don't know many people that have the, 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 the courage to talk about it and the anointing and the content as well. All those merged on this last Sunday. If you missed it, you got to listen to it. But the tithe refers to the test, the test of our heart. So we've got the motivation of our heart coming from what Jesus did for us in that divine exchange. But we also have the test of our heart comes with this uh, weekly or monthly opportunity, this test that we have to entrust a portion of the resources, which are all his, but only a part of them come back as a test of our heart. And he taught us that tithing is biblical, that tithing is responsible, and that we tithe because we're simply grateful to God. So listen, go back and listen to those messages. I promise you they are life-changing. Now as we, as we, as we kind of culminate the series today, I want to transition to another aspect of legacy that I'm going to entitle a legacy life. If you're taking notes, just write that down, a legacy life. I was posting something not too long ago, and um, it's on my Instagram, you can see it, but I'm walking on the beach with my grandson. In fact, maybe I'll put the picture up for you to see. I'm walking on the beach with my grandson, Hudson, my back to the, to the, to the picture frame, and I wrote something that I heard someone say, and that is that life is about four different stages. Life is, first, it's about identity. Who am I? This first phase of our life. The second phase is about family, kind of like, who are we? And the third phase of our life is, is, is about security. How ready am I for life? But then fourth, life, the final stage, is about legacy. What am I leaving behind? And whenever I see that picture of me and Hudson watch, walking on the beach, I can just hear myself and imagine myself passing certain things on to not only the next generation, but the generation after that. Now, I have this picture of my, some of my family. I was looking for a four-generation picture where it would go, you know, from, you know, either my grandfather to my father to me and then to my son. I couldn't find one, but this was one that was similar where you can see my great-grandmother, my grandmother, and then you see my father, and then you see me and and then you see my son that's that baby there is my son Devin you see this generational thing see God wants us to live for legacy he wants us to live for the future not for the past and at connect our goal or our purpose is to take you on a life-changing spiritual journey, something that is transformational. And we want to help people by um, helping them know God, absolutely, helping them uh, find freedom, helping them discover their purpose. But honestly, maybe the most important one is helping them make a difference, that they see that there is a higher level of living, a higher order of being, and that is a life of legacy, a life that matters, a making a difference, not just making a dollar. Uh, sociologists call this transcendence, living a life that is transcendent. That's what it means to live a legacy. That's what it means to be a legacy person. Write this down if you're taking notes. Legacy is what people remember when we're gone. What people are going to remember when we're gone. I, I, I know I'm supposed to be encouraging in this little uh, message uh, uh, when you're listening to this, wherever you're listening to this, whatever time you're listening to this, but this should be one of those most power-packed, you know, hours of your life when you go to church here. But listen, there's a one out of one chance, a hundred percent chance you could say, we're all going to die. We're all going to die. 
I know, it's not very encouraging. Hi, I'm Derek Fry, I'm your friend. That doesn't seem very encouraging. But here's the thing. I don't think we consider the end. We don't look uh, ahead sometimes. We just look at what's right down there in front of us. And usually we're looking, many of us are living in the rearview mirror. But this question comes to mind. What will you be remembered for? What will you be remembered for? I, I remember with my wife going to the memorial of the late, great Billy Hornsby. He is the co-founder of the Association of Related Churches, of which we are a partner for over two decades. Went to his memorial service along with thousands and thousands of people that came from all around the country to be at his memorial service. This man was an extraordinary person. He had, um, you know, by the testimony of others, 300 spiritual sons people that considered him their spiritual father. And these sons all pastored churches. And I, I just remember thinking about his influence and how he multiplied himself uh, through these, these spiritual uh, sons a, a, as a father figure uh, to all of them. And, 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 and he died early. He, he died, um, you know, in his uh, late 50s, early 60s. Excuse me, I think he was 62 years old. And I thought, wow, uh, he really died young. And it made me aware of the shortness and the brevity of life. And it made me realize at that time, I'm much older now, that I, I got to get after it. I got to get some things done if I'm going to make a difference. And, and I also remember listening to what the people would say. And I thought to myself, what will they say about me? How will I be remembered? Will they say things like that about me? And, you know, the scripture says the wisest man who ever lived, quote, said in Ecclesiastes chapter 7, verse 2, better to spend your life at funerals than at parties. That's not how our world lives, is it? After all, everyone dies. There's that awesome, you know, bumper sticker. No, but it says, so the living should take this to heart. <clears throat> See, we're all going to die. Praise the Lord, Derek. That's awesome. But what we do doesn't die. And if we do it well, listen, people will remember. People will remember. Psalm 112 verse 6 says it like this. Those who are righteous will be remembered forever. It doesn't mean you're perfect, but you did something that mattered. You did something that made a difference. I went to the Dominican Republic uh, last year, uh, not too long ago, actually. And I was there by myself uh, one day. Um, I think Pastor Jerry was there with me somewhere on the property. And I remember being out front and I was reading the plaque on the wall of the villa that many years before, many people on a day like today brought an offering. They brought a sacrificial offering in order for them, for, for something to be done that they may not even see or certainly hadn't seen yet. And I was looking at the names of which I was one, my wife and I, many years ago. And I remember, I remember the faith it took to give that offering that day, the sacrifice that we made as a couple, it was tough. It's really humbling, uh, but it was inspiring. And I, I reflected on all the lives that had been changed on missions teams, on the mission teams and the mission events that had taken place over now 25 years through this villa. Hundreds and hundreds and thousands of people have gone through there. Uh, one after the other, lives transformed, children's lives transformed. Now we have uh, four different locations with Hope Centers, with hundreds of children uh, being reached every single week, soon to be as many as seven locations 
maybe as early as this next spring, adding on maybe another 150 kids in 2022. It's amazing. And I was, I went from the lower level where the plaque on the wall was to the, to the roof. And the roof, you can oversee uh, the bay. It's a beautiful place. Many of you know and have been there over Cafrisi, um in uh, the Dominican, just outside of Puerto Plata. And I thought, I wish my dad could be here to see how this has grown, to see how uh, this has expanded, because he's sick now, and it's sad, but he's very sick. And, and God spoke to me, and he basically said, you know what, Ernie started something that would outlast him. It would grow beyond him. It would extend far past his own life. But listen, Derek, he will be remembered for it by me and others, and so will you. And, and I want to say this is bigger than me. This is bigger than my dad. This is about us. This is about us as a church. What will we be remembered for? I recently uh, was watching a football game, and I had a text come in, I remember not too long ago, in early part of this year, and, and I got a text saying that a giant in the faith had passed. He had gone on to be with the Lord. He had died. His name was Reinhard Bunke. Reinhard Bunke uh, was a German. He was actually a very affluent, wealthy German. And he died at the ripe old age of 79 years old. And, and, and he had a vision, it's said many, many years ago, he had a vision of a blood-washed Africa. He felt called to Africa to, to minister there, to evangelize that country, and to do crusades there and he cashed in everything he had and gave everything he had for that to be possible and over many many years he did crusades that that eclipsed some events singular events would have millions of people just at one crusade you can look it up if you don't take my word for it look it up on google and you will see for yourself the evidence of this man's life and legacy it was recorded documented that in his life he had been responsible through his ministry of leading 77 million people to Jesus Christ. What a legacy. What, what a life. The Bible says the righteous will be remembered. See, you might think, Petey, is that really the motive? Is that really what we should be about, that we should, we should talk about? Yes, I believe it should be. I, sh I think it is the motive. I think Jesus affirms this through his word and through experience because he knows you'll do it. He'll knows this is why you would do it. Actually, chemically, when you give and you're generous, hormones are released and something happens in your uh, chemistry that changes when you're generous. And it's so that you won't sit and soak. It's so that you won't kind of uh, do nothing, but that you would do something, that you wouldn't just take care of yourself, that you would take care of others. God put that inside of you and me. And I just want to ask you, whoever you are, is there anything that you're doing right now that will be remembered, that will outlast you, that will go beyond you, that will leave a legacy? See, God uses legacy, and I think he's using a series like this as a motivation for us. He, he wants us to want it, and so much so he rewards us for it when we participate in it. Psalm 112 verse 5, the previous verse says, Good will come to those who are generous and lend freely, who conduct their affairs with justice. Two things happen. Uh, here's what happens. God is interested in how we give, and he's interested in how we live, and he rewards 
both of those. He's interested in our money. He's interested in our conduct. And this, as, as the sociologists say, this, this highest level of living, this transcendence, this life that matters, God put that inside each and every one of you. Now, not only will people remember, but legacy is God remembers when you're gone too. Look at what it says in Hebrews chapter 6, verse 10. I believe he takes it personally when you do this unto him, when you worship uh, this way for him. It says in Hebrews 6, 10, God is not unjust. He will not forget your work. Connect. He will not forget your church planning. He will not forget the campus that you launched in Framingham and the campus that you're about to launch in the Tri-County area and the campuses that you will launch uh, shortly after that. He will not forget your missions work in the Dominican Republic and your partnerships with One Hope that distributed Bibles all over the globe. He will not forget your leadership development of young people and old people within the local church and your Christian education where you discipled kids uh, for many, many years, raising them up and training them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord and the love you have shown him as you have helped his people and continue to help them. See, why does God get so involved in this? Because he knows that we need incentives. And if we didn't have them, if we're honest, we wouldn't do them. See, if you, if you leave me alone without occasionally poking on me and provoking me with a message like this or a truth or a, or a challenge or an opportunity, there will always be this gravitational pull in me and, in, and I submit in you to selfishness, to self-centeredness. That's a fact, right? And so... It's very easy to forget. It's very easy to focus on oneself and not on others. And so we dedicate this Sunday, we dedicate this Sunday, one Sunday a year to just kind of go all in. Why? Because what we do, write this down, what we do for ourselves usually dies with us. What we do for others lives beyond us. You know, Stacey and I decided many years ago when we were kind of revamping the vision of this church that we wanted to provide a place that people wanted to come. We wanted to provide the best possible experience for those that come as possible. And I hope this doesn't hurt your feelings, but that wasn't really our primary focus. Our primary focus wasn't for the church people to have a great experience. Our primary focus was for the people who don't come to church that weren't here yet to create something that they would want to come to, to exist for them. We exist to connect the disconnected to God and to their purpose, to the ability to make a difference. Know God and then ultimately come to a place where they make a difference. That's what this is all about, everybody. It's a reminder of this opportunity for that. And so what I want to do is I want to give you a little snapshot of our church's giving. I want to uh, kind of show you some legacy stuff that's in motion or maybe coming. Some of it's still unfolding. And I want to close with how to have a legacy life. So quickly, I don't know if you realize this, and this is for some of you, Outside of our legacy offering and the money that comes in for that, that we 100% dedicate to our legacy lanes, we tithe as a church. Now, I believe in the tithe personally. I don't know that there's a precedent for it in the scripture for a business or for an organization or for a church. I just think it's a good idea because if it works in my personal life, why wouldn't it work in our church? So we've organized our church to live on less and trust God with a portion of this that we strategically sow. So we tithe 10% of our gross revenues back into strategic missions and mission partners. And we're really, really 
calculated and strategic about that. We do, we do things that locally, like for example, with Shadows, we partner with them for over two decades, the Ashland Food Pantry, um, things far away, like I mentioned before, the Metro West Caribbean Mission in the Dominican Republic, so many powerful things happening there. Relate, which is kind of a, a pastor's network where we support and build up pastors. The ARC, the Association of Related Churches, uh, One Hope, which distributes the Bible in written and digital format, and Consuming Fire Ministries in Pakistan, where we, we pull people out of the brick kilns and we minister to crusades to hundreds and now thousands of people at a time. And, and Messenger International, which actually is partnering with us in the Dominican Republic with John and Lisa Bevere, providing strategic resources to disciple and to mentor people there. And on and on I could go, MCA, our own Christian school, and, and, and of course, tons of local benevolence that we've been doing for a long time. In addition, though, to the tithe, we have these five legacy lanes that we sow into. And so what I'd like to do is I'd like to just highlight a few of the things that we did and then tell you some stuff that's coming. Okay, everybody, so legacy is a way that we can accelerate the vision of Connect. Our tithe to these strategic partners and the total contributions to the ministry are continuing to move the ball down the field. Here's what legacy does. It's an over and above, and it gives our vision a little bit more speed. So the level of your giving simply increases the speed of our ability to accomplish the vision. Now, we can't do everything that's out there, so we have predetermined, after prayer and consideration, five strategic lanes that we would go all in on. And so those different lanes, church planting and campus development as one lane, for example, missions of which I've mentioned, many of our local, national and international partners, education, which we do a lot in that particular area with a Christian school and three early learning centers. And, and then we have projects or these high impact initiatives, i.e. Uh, the building, the buying of a villa, which I just mentioned a few minutes ago, which now has housed thousands of people in missions efforts over two decades and, and soon to be, for example, uh, renovated and refurbished and different things that we're doing there so that we can reach even more people in the coming year. We'll probably have more missions trips in the coming year than we've had in many, many, many years. Um, and, and then um, finally, our final area, what have I missed? Uh, leadership. We, we believe that leadership development is critical. And so we're pouring money into those five strategic lanes. Now there's going to link, there's a link that's going to go up on the screen. And so if you want to find out more about those different lanes and contribute to those lanes, just follow that link. At any time in this experience, you can prepare to bring your legacy offering. Now over the last two years, we've done a lot uh, guys, you were very, very generous in 2019 and 2020. We only have about $25,000 left of all the money that uh, we raised through Legacy. We have poured it into the vision and it has accelerated what we've done. Thank you, thank you, thank you for your contribution. Because of that, all kinds of projects were achieved. We we improved our, our pre-teen room. We... we we improved our online, we, our online experience and online campus. We, during COVID, we did city groups 
uh, six different or seven different locations around the region, keeping our church alive and still meeting in person. Um, we did a lot for uh, leadership with CLA Expansion, Connect Leadership Academy. Uh, we cared for many, many people locally uh, through COVID and poured money into that. We, we continued to plant churches, even, even during COVID. We continued to plant churches through the Association of Related Churches. And by the way, I believe that the ARC is on the cusp. In January, we'll, we'll break 1,000 churches being planted um, uh, in a 20-year span. In fact, uh, in uh, 2021, they planted 64 churches. So when you give to Connect, that in turn is sowed into church planters. So these are some of the things that were accomplished during this period of time. Um, so many other things uh, mentioned here. We made improvements in our mission house. Uh, we opened three new hope centers. Um, we partnered with other mission organizations like uh, Friends of Sycamore House, Messenger International with John and Lisa Bevere. You guys did that. Thank you, bravo. Thank you for your serving. Thank you for your praying. And thank you for your giving. You did that. You're serving in 2020, you're, you're praying in 2020, and in particular, I just wanna to mention today, you're giving, you made that possible. That's what we accomplished. What we're getting ready to do is move forward for the future. We're gonna pour all of the money that we give today sacrificially will go into those five lanes, expanding the kingdom of God and accelerating the vision of Connect. Remember, you're here to do something on this planet that will outlive you they're going to talk about Connect one day. They're going to talk about this moment when we contribute in this way. Should Jesus tarry, right? I'm going to be in a box one day. And someone's going to be here taking my place. And they're going to talk about what we did before. What preceded us that outlived us. You know, I wrote this prayer. You know, I was thinking kind of like when I'm dead and gone, what will they say? Not about me. But what will they say about Connect? What will they say about us? And I want them to say something like this. That church Connect, it was so attractive. I wrote this, it's just raw and so refreshing that the buildings always struggled to contain the increase. It's, it's always been a church where people have found relationship with God instead of religion, where living for God is no longer an obligation. It was a heartfelt desire. It's a church where people were continually taking next steps in their spiritual, spiritual journey with the goal of reaching new places in every part of their life. It was a church full of people who are growing in God and discovering that God wants to use them to make a difference, where every person is experiencing a type of fulfillment and all of them can't wait to give. It was a church where God used ordinary people, dream teamers like you and me, small group leaders, the church, the staff, serving people of our city that, that, that people in turn would open their hearts to God because of that. It was a church so compassionate that people were drawn from impossible situations into a loving and friendly circle of hope where answers are found, acceptance was given. It was a church committed to raising, training, and empowering a generation of young leaders, church planners, and pastors who will go from this place to change the whole world. It's a church that never stops searching for lost people because God never stopped searching for us. It's a people so kingdom-minded that they count whatever the cost and pay whatever the price to see revival. Connect Church realizes that none of this can happen on their own ability. Instead, they are a church that is committed to prayer and dependence on the Holy Spirit. Connect Church is where Jesus was made famous and all the glory 
went to God. Can I have an amen from all of you in the chat out there? This is the church that we need to see and it has to do with what we could sow today. So how should we live? How should we give in lieu of that? So the offering is this one-time thing. At any point in time, you can begin to make that contribution by following that link to our legacy page. Now, Let's give the best offering we can today. In all of these things, all these projects, all these initiatives that we have, we've not made any promises to them. We'll see what happens, but God wants to do some incredible things. Many of you are ready because you've talked to God. And now it's time. It's time to do what he says. Know this, we don't have a financial goal. The goal that I have is 100% participation because I believe if you talk to God, he would tell you to do something. And if we all do a little in a big church like this, we can accomplish a lot. So we're not asking for equal amounts, but we are asking for equal sacrifice, unashamedly, unapologetically, because all of this 100% goes to legacy. And so the righteous, remember, the righteous will be Remembered. So you can give online, you can text to give, uh, whatever you do, prepare yourself to give. Now, if you can't, for some reason, I want you to know something. No guilt. I know if you could, this is my, this is my, my belief, my conviction. I, I know if you could, you would. And in the past, you probably have. And in the future, you probably will. So just be released. Now, as I conclude, I just want to say, how do we live a legacy life? Here's something that I believe with my whole heart. I believe that people who live a legacy life, they see something, okay? They see beyond their problems. Number one, legacy people have an eternal mindset. See, some people realize that life is more than making money, the almighty dollar. Uh, like Devin talked about, the devil and the dollar last week. They see life through the lens of eternity. Look what it says in John 4. It says, Jesus speaking, I tell you, open your eyes and look at the fields. They're ripe for harvest. They realized something. They, I think they realize that, they have, that we have to discipline our eyes not to look around at all of our troubles and all of our problems, our, our lint picking of our problems, but it's, because the devil will always try to get you focused on earth so you don't focus on eternal things. 2 Corinthians 4 says it like this in verse 18. So we don't look on the troubles we can see. No, rather, we fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen, for the things we see now will soon be gone. Last I checked, I don't see any U-Hauls following the hearses. <laughs> okay? So rather we fix our gaze on things that can't be seen, for the things we see now soon will be gone, but the things we cannot see will last forever. The goal, everybody, isn't to live on earth forever. The goal is to do something that does to do something that does. Number two, let it be said of us, legacy people understand sacrifice. I come to the conclusion that, that, that there's nothing significant that's significant, significant, I can't speak, praying in tongues, pray for the interpretation. There's nothing significant that happens that is not preceded by sacrifice. We all, in a sense, have to lay something down. Wow. Legacy people choose to do less for themselves and more for others. You know, just as an evaluation, do you give more to others than you do to yourself? That's a good sign that you're living a legacy life. I don't know if you believe this, but our, our church, our organization is set up in such a way as to be extremely conservative so that we can be extremely generous because we don't want to live for the now. In fact, Matthew says, don't store it for yourself treasures on earth, but instead by what we do, store it for yourselves treasures in heaven. 
So success is determined not by what I get, but what I'm willing actually to give up. It's determined by my sacrifice. The late hero, Nathan Hale, he actually hails from Connecticut, Nathan Hale. He was a hero during the American Revolution under George Washington. He was a spy. And he was brought out into uh, the, the, the New York Common, and he was about to be hung because he was spying on the British. And they asked him this question. They said, listen, um, are there any regrets that you have before we hang you? And he said in so many words, yes. My only regret is that I had only one life to give for my country. Isn't that interesting? See, sacrifice does what? Sacrifice inspires us. Sacrifice inspires. He gave his life for an America that he actually would never see. And that's what we have the opportunity to do today with our legacy offering. We have the opportunity in some instances, in some cases, to give to something sacrificially that we might not see because we believe in what we are doing. And the early church leaders, church fathers, the disciples, the 12, they didn't, they didn't live for their 401ks and for their iris. They all gave themselves sacrificially. Literally, in many cases, they were martyred for their faith. They gave themselves first to the Lord, as it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 8. And so this sacrifice is a, what it means to be a legacy person. One of my favorite stories in the Bible is the story of the woman, Mary, with the alabaster jar. She gave so much. She gave an extravagant gift, the Bible records. She gave uh, perfume, and she poured it out on Jesus' feet. Many of you, when you give your offering, that's what it's like. It's like bringing something sacrificial before the Lord. It's worship. It's holy. You're simply pouring out something that's important to you on someone who's more important than you. Jesus Christ. That was worth, in modern terms, $25,000, maybe even $30,000. And they were all upset about this waste. And they were looking at it. And Jesus said to all the people there, they, he said to them, leave her alone. Why are you bothering her? She's done a beautiful thing. Mark chapter 14, verse 6. The poor you will always have, and you can help them anytime you want, but you will not always have me. And I love this. It says, she did what she could she didn't do what she must. She didn't do what she should. She did. She did what she could. See, she didn't give out a duty. That's what, that's what, you know, that's what she must do. She didn't give out of obligation. That's what she should do. She gave out a love. She did what she could do. I don't know how she got that. Was it, a, was it passed down to her? Did somebody propose to her and give her this expensive gift? Did she save up her whole life? All I know is it was a sacrificial offering and she gave it all. There's nothing significant that happens without sacrifice. What does it mean to be a legacy life? You gotta think through an eternal mindset. You've got to be a sacrificial person. And number three, legacy people sense urgency. Now, if you really believe this, then you'll do something today. Like you'll call someone today, you'll pray for someone today, you'll share your faith with someone today, you'll serve someone today, you'll give a bigger tip today at the restaurant, and you'll, you'll probably give today if you really believe that. See, too many people live in an island that I call Someday Isle. Someday Isle. Someday I'll fill in the blank. Like, someday I'm going to do this and I'm going to that, I'm going to give that. And, 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 and listen, legacy people, they don't wait. They do it now. Legacy people make the most of every day. They make the most of the time 
and the opportunity that they've been given. That's what Ephesians 5 tells us. Be careful how you live, not as unwise, but wise, making the most of every opportunity. Why? Because the days are evil. And oh boy, they sure are evil. And this is how we make a difference. We make a difference with our giving. So I need you to kind of pay attention. As you get ready to give your offering, if you haven't done it already, I I want you to just... I want you to understand, I prayed for this moment. Uh, this was important to me. I, I prayed with tears, actually, for this moment. I saw something. I, I saw something in my mind begin to happen and, and that there would be a freedom that comes over you, that you would have a certain joy. You wouldn't feel a compulsion. You would feel an excitement about it, that this wouldn't be a business transaction. It would be a holy moment for you. And so I just want to encourage you, take the opportunity right now to bring your offering before God and do it as an act of worship. And as I conclude, I want to pray for you. I I, I want to ask you, you know, what would you do? What would you do if this was your last day on earth? What what would you do? Would 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 you die broke? See, a lot of times I think we hold on to things because we don't know when we're gonna die. But if we knew it was our final day, how would we, how would we, how would we give on a day like that? I think sometimes we have to kind of look ahead a little bit. Yeah, we got to be careful and frugal. We want to lay up for our children and our children's children. And, 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 but what would we do? What would it look like if we knew today was the day? What would you give? What would you sacrifice? Today, I want to live th- as if this is the day that would be remembered. This is a day that would be remembered. And I want you to watch and see what God does. Now, Father, in Jesus' name, for every person who gives, I pray that you would bless them. Would you take their offering and would you multiply as what they give joins with what other people give. So many things would be accomplished. So many things would be multiplied through it. Lord, it would, it would, it would go from dollars to a difference. It would go from salaries to souls. It would go from material goods to eternal goods in Jesus' name. Now, if you're here today, and you're in debt in your soul. I want you to know the biggest debt that you could ever have was paid by Jesus Christ. He got on the cross and he offered himself this once and for all sacrifice. Jesus Christ did that for you. He gave the most sacrificial gift he could give. He gave himself. And if you're ready to receive that, I wanna pray for you. Because you can, you can, he became poor so you could become rich in him. Would you just close your eyes and pray with me? Say, Jesus, today is the day of salvation for me. Today I receive this incredible gift, salvation, freely. Freely I receive it. And as a result, I live a life that is free to give, to give away what God has given me. And as a Christian, I I take it in like air. I inhale it. But I also, as a Christian, will exhale what God has given me as an expression of gratitude for a life that is new, for a new beginning, a new identity in Him. Thank you, God, for salvation today. Now, Father, for every person who prayed that prayer, seal it until the day of redemption. I pray, as their name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life, and angels rejoice that you would witness to their heart that they are now a child of God, and they're a different person from this day forward. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen and amen. God bless you. Thank you so much for attending service online today. I will see you next week as we begin our new series. God bless.